We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday night, 523, and Broncos got some news. Boy, we got some content to talk about. It's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how are you doing out there in Kansas? Have you guys had any rain? I keep seeing the drought stuff. You guys are in like in the biggest drought in the country now after California got hit on this year. No, actually, it's been raining like crazy. Uh, okay. Not like right where I'm at, just a little bit west of us. There's per- there's like streams that haven't had water in years. Like oh, wow. I don't think I've ever seen water in them. And they're like hitting the top of bridges right now. We've had so much okay. rain. So it's kind of a crazy time. And I was walking across the street to, to get here for the show. And of course, there's like all these dark clouds forming. And we're supposed to get rain almost every day this week. And so everybody's really happy around here that we're we're maybe going to make it out of this drought okay. Well, God, you guys need it. And I see California's out of their drought now, most of the area. So that's good stuff. And the Broncos are out of putting us out of our drought of content and moves. So we have three moves today announced by the Denver Broncos. We're going to get into them and probably go, you know, 45 minutes or so. But we'll see what the uh, the chat dictates, of course. First, we got to say hello to everybody in the chat. We got Dylan Von Arks coming in saying, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Hope you're doing well. We got How Dare You Exist saying, not a surprise. Guy's been pretty poor as of recent. Obviously talking about Broncos former kicker, uh, Brand McManus, removed, uh, moved on from today. William coming in here saying, I had no problems with McManus, honestly, but I understand it. Kevin Gray coming in saying, evening Broncos country, Nick Carl and Scott. McManus was a good kickers, but Broncos decided to move on. Not really surprised. Denver Broncos for life. Absolutely. And Jetty Splash coming in. Jetty's upset, but Jetty's got a new waterfowl in his picture today. Looks like a maybe some sort of sandhill crane or something. I'm not Snowy sure. egret. Snowy egret. Okay, there you go. Name I knew and to get a son. It's definitely some sort of crane or egret of some sort. So uh, shout out to Jetty Splash, keeping us on our toes with the waterfowl. We appreciate that. I'm much more of a wood duck kind of guy, uh, but that's okay. Troy Boer coming in here, 499, saying, hey, guys, could not be happier with the added additions on the offensive line and defensive line today. Yeah, Troy hit me up on Twitter. Shout out to Troy. Talking about that uh, he was on the show this morning as well. And Scott and I were ranting and raving, mainly me ranting and raving, uh, about the offensive line and defensive line depth. And uh, Broncos then go out today and add defensive line and offensive line depth. So uh, 
good timing. I guess I'm glad it's uh, that content didn't really last very long as far as, you know, being able to bring up those clips, but Hey, we're on the right track here. And thank you so much, Troy, putting us, putting us on the right track here uh, with the 499 super. That really does help. We seriously appreciate that so much. Uh, so hope you're doing well off the uh, cuff here, Carl. What are your thoughts on the big news today, which is the Broncos moving on from Brandon McManus, a uh, longtime kicker, the last member of the team that was still on the team from that Super Bowl victory team in uh, 2015, now gone, not a Denver Bronco anymore. Thoughts off uh, thoughts off the big move today. I I'm torn a little bit. I mean, McManus back there in that 2015 playoffs, I think he went 10 for 10 on on field goals for the Broncos. Uh, so, I mean, had a great run there and he's had some great seasons for the Broncos. Don't get me wrong, but these last couple of years, Definitely been a downgrade, not living up to his contract. And on top of that, I think he's been a little bit of a distraction for the Broncos. You know, I think at times you'd see him in practice where he'd get bored and he'd go put on like a referee uniform to like shock his teammates. And I get it. Like it's all fun and games and stuff like that. But then you see some of the antics on the sideline of like throwing his helmet down and doing this to the coaches and, you know, just as a kicker. I'm not sure you should be doing those kind of things because we've seen in this league, like teams are willing to move on from, from kickers pretty quickly, unless you're like one of those top three, like you're going to the hall of fame kind of guys. Uh, Sean Payton, another guy, you really should not be messing around with kickers had nine kickers in his first 10 seasons in the NFL as a head coach. So he doesn't view them as these, like we have to keep these guys. We got to build them up. It's Hey, you do your job. You're gone. And like I said, for McManus, I think the Broncos were looking at that contract saying, hey, this is an easy one to move on from. And I think we can still get somebody that brings close to what he brought or maybe even a little bit better and maybe even pay them less than what we were paying him. Yeah, that's uh, the uh, kickers should be seen from not heard, I think, is something that a lot of us can live by unless you're, you know, out here like Justin Tucker, but uh, definitely interesting. And de- at the end of an era in Broncos country with that last member of that Super Bowl 50 winner. Uh, we got Michael Ronquillo coming in with the big super chat. Always one of the biggest star givers over on the Facebook side of things saying good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. Hope you're doing well. Hope things are going well out there in sunny Arizona out there in Tucson. Hope you're doing well. And yeah, you're totally right, Carl. It was some of just the sideline antics. And I mean, he's a kicker and I get that. And he's got personality for the kicker position. I mean, We've seen what personality specialist has done for Pat McAfee, right? Like it's beloved now, that kind of stuff. So maybe he'll have a niche. Maybe it'll be the McAfee and McManus show. They can be the kicking Scots or something. I think the Mick is the Scottish surname, right? Uh, But that is, it's an end of an era. And I think it was not a wrong move for Broncos. The only thing I'm questioning on this is the timing. Uh, We've gone through, it's now the last week of May. And we have had a lot of kickers. And this was, I think the highest Uh, the most specialists ever drafted in a draft history this last year with kickers and punters combined. And we're moving on from McManus now. Why now? What, what changed between the beginning of the off season to now that it's like, okay, you know what? We want to open this vacancy now for the kicker spot when you could have done it much earlier, had that financial flexibility then, and maybe be looking for a kicker all this time leading up to now. I mean, it could be a little bit of they've gotten through some of their spring training things that they've done um, or he's been in the building for the last month or so. And maybe he and Sean Payton have had those moments of 
having some talks and saying, hey, we're we're looking at whether we're going to move on from you or not. And you never know what McManus would say in those moments because he doesn't hold back. We've seen that before. He's not afraid of being very public with his frustration with coaches or anything like that. And and then, of course, like OTAs, I think they started for the Broncos yesterday or today. Can't quite remember which one. Um, but anyway, they, they just they're kicked off. And so you got to think maybe they've had him in the building. Some of the coaches have talked and said, hey, we just personality wise, we don't think this is the guy. And they're looking at the open market and saying, hey, there's a few names on here uh, that, that could be making a difference. And the other third thing, the NFL just changed the rules on kickoffs. I think one of the most valuable parts of Brandon McManus was his ability to, to handle the kickoffs well. To know how to really like, you know, kick one right into the corner where they have to kind of get it there, like the five yard line, and you can make a big play down the field, keeping them short. Well, that's gone now Mm -hmm. for the most part. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And so I think when they're looking at that, they're going, okay, well, you've lost this value. You're an average field goal kicker. Now, I don't put all of what happened this last year on him because he had two blocked. His holder was not great by any means, but he also has had other years without that holder where he was not great as well. And so I think they're they're putting all that together and just saying, this is not our guy for, for this season coming up. And he was just expensive. Uh, the Broncos yeah. clear off. What what was it about three point five million? Is the numbers that sticking out in my head somewhere 3. around seven five three point seven five. So uh, clear a little bit of money, and with that money, Broncos have two moves right in tandem after that. So uh, that freed up cap space, allowed Denver to add offensive and defensive line depth in two areas on this roster that were very concerning. Just looking over at the overall roster uh, before the moves today. So Philip McLaughlin coming in here talking about the mix out here, the Scottish surnames. Uh, saying good evening, Carl Nick and Deacon Scott. So happy uh, to have, so happy you have the ear of headquarters. Got to help that you asked for it. I think he's talking about the ad- additions on the offensive and defensive lines. That was just, I mean, yeah, look at me. I, I just look at the roster. Anybody could look at the roster that knows NFL teams and be like, yeah, the defensive and offensive line depths are lacking. Uh, mm-hmm. So Broncos made a little bit of moves there today. And Carl, I want to 
say hello to some more people in the chat first, but I want to circle around to one of your tweets that you had earlier. Okay. Uh, Dennis Murtha coming in here saying happy Tuesday, MHH family. And thank you to Chad and Zach, Chad and Zach. Thank you wherever you are uh, for all that you bring to the Broncos country, to Broncos country. Have a great day. Denver Broncos for life. Help wanted kicker needed to be in mile high city. And uh, yeah, they, uh, they're looking at kickers. They brought in uh, Mar, I think is his name tomorrow. Uh, they're bringing him in um, Brett Mar on Wednesday from uh, Aaron Wilson tweeted that first per league source cave. Let me see who this is here. Houston uh, via Houston. Um, so they're going to bring in uh, the kicker there. He's the one who had the yips last season in the playoffs. And it was like really painful to watch the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. And he just missed kick after kick, uh, but he was pretty good before that. So yeah, we'll see uh, Broncos kind of funny. We talked about this morning, why the Broncos missed the playoffs. Why did they make the playoffs? Probably get a whole plus one win because of the special teams turnover and saying McManus is fine. Maybe this last year of him, but he's fine there for now. And then, you know, three hours later, he's a, uh, get the announcement that he's being moved on from. So curious to see what happens there with the, the, the kicker situation Broncos looking to probably go a little bit cheaper there uh, than they were. And I guess it's a double-edged sword, right? It's uh, one of those things where, okay, now the Broncos enter kicker purgatory and you can ask a lot of teams. If you don't have a solid kicker that you can trust, it can be some of the most, most frustrating football games you can imagine uh, out right. there. So you set them up on a tee and then you see them miss an easy one and you lose a game because of a kick that 90% of kickers may make but he missed it that one time. So I, I don't have any reservations about it. I don't ha have any problems with the move at all, but you have to understand that you could be going into a cycle now of uncertainty and volatility at the kicker position for the next few years under Sean Payton. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, he has no problem kind of going through kickers mm -hmm. as a head coach. And I don't think he views it as this great weapon to have. I mean, he's going to be yeah. aggressive. He's going to have some times where he goes for it on fourth down where other teams would be taking field goals. And so for that, he's kind of going, why would I put all this extra money into this position when I could be putting it towards the offense that I think could make those kind of plays. And so again, I do get it with McManus's price tag, but you're right. Mm -hmm. You could be entering into a very difficult time where a kicker could cost you a game or two just because you didn't put value into the position. And yeah. You know, that, that's when a lot of people are going to start questioning the coaches and GM and say, OK, you made this decision. Now you got to live with the, the consequences of that. Yeah. What is the saying? The devil, you know, is the something <laughs> like that. And that's yeah. kind of not that Brandon Grannis is a devil, but like certainty of somebody you already know in there. But he's expensive and he was exceedingly average to below average last year as a kicker. Again, not all his fault, but I'm not a kicking specialist or a field goal kicker specialist, whatever the chat we were talking about earlier was, uh, but it'll be uh, interesting to watch this season. And just one more storyline um, for OTAs and training camp and preseason. What's happening to the Broncos at kicker special teams matters. Y'all chase Wellner matters saying, how do y'all hope you're doing well? And he says, honestly, I believe Mara was still a better kicker last year before the extra points in the playoffs game. Yeah. I mean, he was still out there too, which makes me a little bit concerned at this point in the process. But uh, we'll see. And also Mason Crosby is out there as well. And Chase says Mason Crosby had a terrible game and bounced back. Still a free agent. So there's some options out there, but we'll see. Michaela Israel's in the house and also Cooper as well saying, this is Cooper. Hi, just eating dinner. What's for dinner? What are you cooking us up today? Uh, Coop, hopefully it's uh, something pretty good. I got to get on dinner after the show, uh, but uh, good to see you. We got Jack coming in saying, I'm ready for some Broncos football to see what the product is put on the field. You can talk uh, end of wins is what you can talk all day. End of the day, it's wins are what matter. You're right. Um, mm -hmm. However, 
we're not on the field and what we're doing here is talking. So uh, we'll talk all day, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Last season, we had all the hype about the Broncos, Russell Wilson. They've needed a quarterback forever. They finally got one. This is a team that could contend with the chiefs in the AFC West, blah, 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 blah. It's all talk until you see it on the field. So you're right. Show, show me state. Uh, that's what Scott and I like to say a lot. We're Missourians in our hearts and it's the show me state. Uh, we got uh, Keith coming and say Nick's put in a full day of Broncos coverage. Yeah. Tuesdays morning and evening, hanging out with you guys. Yeah, good days, but long days. Greg Smith in the house. Good to see you, Greg. Hope you're doing well. And also Daniel Swafford coming in saying, uh, could Denver be clearing cap to move to get Dalvin Cook or an edge guy maybe still out there? What do you think here, Carl? Um, obviously, Broncos made two moves immediately following the Brandon McManus uh, release. So maybe that cap, salary cap space is just um, you know gone right after you move on from him. Yeah, I mean – you're going to see teams making those post June 1st cuts here pretty mm-hmm. soon. You know, they're, they're getting close enough now that they can make those kind of savings. And everybody knows the Vikings have been trying to trade Dalvin cook. They don't like his price tag. Good chance. He's probably actually going to get cut because no team wants to play, pay a running back that much money. That's kind of been up and down health wise. And uh, so I, I do think the Broncos are looking at the running backs out there on the market and hoping that they can maybe find another one that, can can help this team i don't know if it'll be dalvin cook or not but he makes mm-hmm. a ton of sense he's a good receiver got some speed brings a nice compliment to p ryan mm-hmm. so yeah if he comes in for the right price i think the broncos will be in on that one certainly a possibility and also talked about edge rusher you kind of bullied me uh to the point of saying yes i agree no i'm just kidding uh but you convinced me that edge was uh something the broncos could consider as well when i was saying defensive tackle more concerning for me but uh, Edge is still definitely a possibility. But the Broncos bring in Cam Fleming, I think first announced by James Palmer, uh, if I'm not mistaken, talking about the Broncos bringing in a, a former, I guess, third year now, uh, offensive tackle Cam Fleming, third year on the team. The Broncos have signed him to three consecutive one-year deals, and he comes in for a contract that could be worth up to $4 million. And I got to say, I pr- really enjoyed, uh, after the deal was announced, reading the quote tweets and the replies to that. Miami Dolphins were beside themselves. They were the fans were really upset about that because they obviously were looked at the cam filming advanced stats, probably found people like you and I talking about him being like, this guy was actually pretty good last season. Yeah. And uh, they're going into the year with Austin Jackson, who's been horrible for them. And Isaiah Wynn, two potential first round busts at tackles. So now the Broncos bring in Fleming who immediately solidifies the Broncos tackle position on the second level. And he might even be the team's number one guard depth as well uh like coming in i mean luke wattenberg kyle fuller i mean i might take a cam fleming at guard before those two right i I had somebody actually message me right after the deal was done saying hey do you think he can play guard too i said well i mean he'd be worth a chance to to see what he can do just because he is actually a pretty talented player he's got the size he can handle it um but most importantly, this really does solidify the, the offensive tackle position for the Broncos. You got three very solid players. I'm not saying that they're great, but you at least have three solid guys that you can trust to be on the field and do pretty well for you. They're not going to be negative players like the Broncos have seen the past quite a few years here. Throw in, you got Garrett Bowles who has injury history. Um, you got McGlinchey on the other side who has injury history. So you needed somebody solid behind them that you could trust to come in and hold down the fort and not completely um, bleep themselves, you know? Uh, (laughs) And he brings that to you. That's why I I put on Twitter, I think you were talking about my Twitter comment, that it's one of my favorite moves the Broncos have made this offseason. I 
I really do love Cameron Fleming. I thought last year he was very solid for the Broncos. One of the few guys that looked very competent on the offensive line and like game in game out was providing what you needed from him. And so, like I said, bringing him back where there are probably some teams out there, he could be winning the starting role. And now he's your swing tackle. Just makes me feel a lot better about this team. Yeah. I mean, I ran to Dave this morning about the offensive line depth and just the concerns there and bringing back Cam Fleming makes me feel so much better about it. Still questions on the unit, but now to have a guy that can theoretically play four spots on that line center still a weakness long-term, but really happy to have Clint Fleming back in here. And we got, got our guy, Gila Maples coming in here with the uh, hippo, you know, giving us the peace sign or the V for victory. Uh, thank you so much. Gila doesn't show up on our end of things, but Scott let us know. So we appreciate that so much and uh, you guys can see that as well i'm sure and he also comes in and says hello broncos country well hello to you too guy i hope you're doing well hope you had a good tuesday and tomorrow's hump day so uh we're we're working our way to memorial day weekend we also got our guy gary palmer 1999 saying hi carl nick and scott glad to see sean take uh taking you guys to heart lol denver broncos for life buckham yeah i don't know if he's talking about the building the broncos aspect or uh, anything like that i mean i know we've been again talking a lot about the offensive and defensive lines but uh, Broncos have made some moves there, which gets us excited. I'm over the moon about the uh, Cam Fleming signing as well. I am uh, was a big fan of his play last season. I mentioned a few times. I'll be honest, I never really totally understood the Calvin Anderson hype that a lot of Broncos fans had uh, for him. I watched his tape and thought he moved well, and there were some good pass protection reps, but not a lot of grip strength and couldn't do much of anything uh, in the run game, getting guys you know displaced from point A to point B. Uh, think he was a better left tackle and pass protection than cam Fleming is, but I think cam Fleming was just as good, if not better overall because of the run blocking aspect at left tackle and miles better at right tackle cam Calvin Anderson just looked so out of place at right tackle. just looked uncomfortable there for him. Sometimes it works like that uh, for some of those guys. I think it was Tristan Wirfs had said, and it's a famous offensive line moniker, but why can't offensive tackles just uh, flips positions? It's like, well, imagine, you know, going, if you're right hand dominant for a, uh, wiping your back end and you switch to the left hand, it feels a little awkward. You know, you're not used to doing that. It's kind of how the mirroring the positions of offensive line is as well. So um thought Cam Fleming could play both of those well, and I'm just ecstatic about bringing him in. I'm also ecstatic to say happy birthday to uh, Michael Ronquillo's mom. Happy birthday to Mrs. Mount Ronquillo. Hope you're doing well and a uh, shout out from your son on here. So happy birthday. Uh, so yeah, Cam Fleming now Broncos long-term. Do you have any thoughts about the offensive line? going forward now like are there any other spots do you think they might be done here or are you still out there looking for some spots and what positions might you be looking for well like i said offense the interior offensive line you don't feel good about it when people are already asking like can Fleming play guard that's not a good look for the Broncos because you don't trust anybody beyond beyond the starters and even center Lloyd Cushenberry you don't trust that guy he's got competition with Kyle Kyle Fuller and um and the rookie that they just brought in. Um, so Forsyth. Yeah, Forsyth. And I mean, I think there's a real chance that one of those two guys could take take the lead. I, I don't think the Broncos are feeling good about Lloyd Cushenberry one bit. And so I do think they're going to be looking really hard once teams start making some of these cut downs saying, okay, who's maybe that interior offensive line veteran that we can come in, be that good swing guy for us on the inside. I, I think there's a good chance they add one or two more offensive linemen and some of these other guys get cut pretty quickly because, I mean, none of them are picks that the, the coaching staff made other than Forsyth, you know, and 
I guess Fuller as well. I mean, he's one of them that they brought in, but he's just kind of a rotational guy anyway. Uh, beyond that, the other guys, um, beyond the starters, they have no attachments to this coaching staff. So uh, I, I think there's a really good chance they add a little bit more to that. Got to be nice to bring in somebody who can play guard and center and push Lloyd Cushenberry there at the center spot. We will see if that happens. Uh, heck, maybe there's even a chance that if Quinn Miners takes a massive step forward, I mean, they originally drafted Quinn Miners with center being a possibility for him. Uh, you could even hear Lloyd Cushenberry talk in his press conference saying that, you know, if I'd have been playing better then they wouldn't have drafted that guy and he did not play better last season. And now you have Quinn Miners, so they're probably safest to say he's going to be right guard. But if your best five is Miners at center and then Cam Fleming at right guard, okay, <laughs> the best five out there. Uh, guys, these guys need to be cross-trained anyway, so figure it out. Uh, but will be fun to see the offensive line feel really good about this and just that much more depth. You're not going to go through the whole season with all five of your offensive linemen staying healthy. I don't think that's probably never happened, <laughs> at least like not missing a snap. So having somebody in there that can help that unit uh, should be good. I I am curious. Do you think there's any chance in heck that Cam Fleming plays well enough to the extent that he replaces Garrett Bowles at some point this season? Because Garrett Bowles was not very good last year. I would honestly say that Cam Fleming to Garrett Bowles was not a crazy difference in play on the field, but that's more because Garrett Bowles took a massive step back, uh, in my opinion. It wouldn't surprise me. Again, Garrett Bowles is not a pick for, from this coaching staff. And... So if they're seeing something they don't like, especially at his price, I, I think he's probably one of the players most likely to not be on the Broncos next year. Mm -hmm. And if he's not performing well here early in the season and they say, Hey, Cameron Fleming, get over there. Let's see what you got. You're a veteran. We know you can get in there and play and he does better with the system. Why, why not? I mean, it's, it really is best player play. Mm -hmm. And there's just nobody that's safe um, on this team right now, especially with big contracts. I really think that Sean Payton, part of the McManus move is saying we're changing the whole culture of this locker room. You know, I know McManus has a lot of pull. He's been a, a captain of this team for quite a few years. He's no longer a voice here. And so, yeah, I don't think they have any real problem at the idea of Garrett Bowles being replaced. Yeah. And just circling back. I do wish McManus well, uh, Broncos wouldn't have won that Super Bowl without him. And there was some lows, but there's also some highs and he's going to land on his feet. Um, there's going to be a team that signs him and he's going to get a chance. And I hope that his play shoots back up to where it was. Uh, and he makes the Broncos not look foolish, but like you may be questioning that may, maybe that wasn't the best move long-term. We were talking about this eerily similar to moving on from Sam Martin last season. Right. And it's like, oh, the sure thing, but it wasn't great. And then Broncos move on from him. And gosh, who was the puncher last season? I'm even for, forgetting his name now. Um, <laughs> Riley, not Riley. No, it's our new one. I kept um, saying, I keep thinking Colquitt, but it wasn't Colquitt. No. Uh, Cor Corliss Waitman. That's why we go. it up. Yep. It was Corliss Waitman. But uh, we'll see. Um, but wishing McManus the best um, wasn't always the greatest on the sideline kind of stuff. You know, you don't want to hear from your kicker, you know, slamming his helmet down when he doesn't get a chance to go out there and kick, but and then miss field goals similarly uh, later on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to remember the good times. Always remember the good times of Phil saying, uh, talking about the Broncos, other big signing, big signing, other signing today in uh, defensive tackle, Tyler Lancaster uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, and then also Green Bay before uh, they did play for the Raiders last year. But we got producer Scott pulling it up and seeing it. So shout out to Scott for helping us out here. Uh, 2022 Raiders on September 5th, uh, Raiders released uh, Lancaster and August 28th, the Raiders uh, placed him on the IR. So he had an injury settlement 
and didn't play last year. But before that, in uh, from 2018 to uh, 2021, he started 21 games over four years with the Packers. So he does have some starting experience, and I am curious what this means for the defensive line, mostly a nose tackle. So I'm wondering if Mike Purcell's days are potentially somewhat numbered here with this signing. I will say that Purcell's position has gotten far more precarious and he's going to go out, probably going to have to go out there and earn a spot. Yeah, I'd agree. Again, another contract that you can move on from pretty easily. And if you got a guy like, like Lancaster that you feel like can give you 95% of what Purcell brought to you for half the price, you're going to make that decision hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we see Sean Payton, he's wanting to make a lot of moves. He's wanting to really, <clears throat> overturn this roster quickly. And uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of how many new players they have that will be on the 53 man roster compared to next compared to last year. Uh, I, I guess we don't have the final 53 yet, but, um, but still all these players, they they've really been put on notice that none of you are safe. We are going to bring in our own guys that fit our system, what we want to do. And if you don't line up with that, good luck out there. Yeah. Yeah. And Lancaster is still only 28 years old dealt with a high ankle sprain and then was released after that. But I do think that he'll have a chance uh, to end up with on this rotation and really happy to have another competent, potentially competent body in there that can at least compete and come in and take some snaps. I think Mike Purcell is probably the one who gets the biggest concern or least most precarious position with the signing as well. But I also think it adds a little bit of insurance to Matt Henningsen and uh Rike as well if those guys don't take that next step you're not dependent on a 2022 class day three defensive lineman coming in and taking a massive amount of snaps i mean heck jonathan harris too we need to toss him out there as a name that hopefully you know shotgun approach on the defensive line helps it's not going to be a dominant unit this season you know, don't really have the you can tell like who are going to be the dominant defensive lines it's kind of a first off the bus position a lot of times or at least when you watch the tape sometimes if they're not the first off the bus it's like oh my god that guy moves like a linebacker, even though he's, you know, 6'3", 300 pounds. Uh, but probably not going to be a position of strength for the Broncos this season, but this should hopefully rise the floor a little bit and give the Broncos options uh, for the position over OTAs and training camp going forward. Right. As long as the unit can be competent, you can feel pretty good about the rest of the defense. I mean, you got mm -hmm. pretty good off-ball linebackers. Secondary looks like it's taken pretty nice shape. I mean, cornerback is still a little bit of question at the second and third cornerback spot, but but you still feel pretty good about it. You know, safety, you've added a lot to that group over the offseason. Of course, Justin Simmons, all pro kind of caliber. Patrick Sertan on the other side. So, I mean, you feel like you can, can do a few things if that defensive line can be competent for you. Like not be this getting blown back four yards every time. Every team could just run it down uh, down the field like they like they don't exist. You know, we've seen that a few years with the Broncos. And, you know, I saw somebody make the comment of, you know, we need a guy like Pot Rose back <laughs> to get that push up front. You know, Pop, oh, that guy, Terrence Knighton. I thought he could be such a great player if he could just keep his weight under control. If he could just get into shape. Like when he was in shape, that guy was dominant. That game against the Patriots in the playoffs, there's like about four plays where he just did an individual effort to destroy the Patriots in that game where the Broncos won. And uh, it was just, it was magical to watch, but then he'd come back in the next off season and be like 40 pounds overweight. And you'd have to wait till like halfway through the season before you ever got to see competent play from him again. So um, again, one of those guys could have been having a, could have had a really great career in the NFL. Just couldn't stay disciplined. Still had a pretty darn good career. Yeah. Uh, so second contract guy. So that's uh, better than most.
but you're right. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, I'm reading that Mara is being brought in tomorrow. Who would you guys rank ahead or behind him? Uh, thank you so much for the comment, Phil. We appreciate you. I am not a kicker expert at all. I can read you some of the names. We can go through some of the stats, but I'm not sitting here breaking down kicker tape other than the the very raw uh, generic data from those guys' success, uh, kicking percentage, where they're good from, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have Mar coming in here, getting the first swing. Max Crosby still out there as well. I think Robbie Gold uh, is still out there as well. So two former NFC North kickers. So there are some veterans out there. Wouldn't be surprised at all. The Broncos brought in somebody also that was kicking out there. I mean, we have, there's, there's a lot of kickers out there. There's not a lot of good kickers. So I think the Broncos will hopefully get somebody in there that can come in and be fine. Uh, but for pennies on the dollar. So we'll yeah. see. Mars going to get the first shot. Wouldn't be shocked if he leaves tomorrow with a contract. Right. You know, yes, he had the horrible playoff run of extra points. Pretty much where the Cowboys had to say, we can't kick the football in this game. We can't trust that that's going to go in at all. And, you know, the, I had somebody ask earlier on Twitter, you know, was that a technique issue? Was that a mental health or mental issue with him? I mean, I think it starts off with the mental, like you miss one. I I'm a big time golfer. You know, you, you hit a, I hate to use this word cause we don't say it in golf, but shank or go straight off to the right. <clears throat> and you're kind of going, what in the world just happened? And so then you like try to overcorrect and all of a sudden then you pull it clear across the, the course. And at that point you really should just stop golfing for the day because you've lost it. And that's kind of what happened to him in the playoffs there where <clears throat> he missed that first one, tried to overcorrect. And then he's just, he's lost all confidence at that point. And then you're seeing the coaching staff lose all confidence in him. But before that, I would say I'd feel comfortable saying he was a top five kicker during the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he made, what was it? Um, 29 of 32 field goals. So 90.6 field goal percentage. And I think he even made like a 60 or 61 yarder last yeah. season. And so, I mean, he's got a good leg and somebody said it earlier with, with Crosby, you know, he had those couple little bit where he just lost it mentally mm-hmm. and eventually he got it back. And so now you just got to figure out, can Mar get it back or is that, is it gone for this year? You know, does he need a year off to kind of get his head right? Mm-hmm. I'm not hundred percent sure, but if he's got it back, he's a, a good signing. I think, mm-hmm. I think he's better than what we saw with McManus last year for sure. But again, you just got to make sure mentally he's ready for for coming back after that. What was it like four straight missed extra points? It was something unbelievable in that that Dak was having a career game and uh, carving up that Tampa Bay defense. And yeah, he just kept missing him. It was insane to watch. So I will say this is a appeal to authority and I don't really normally love that. But when it comes to the specialists, I'm going to play the appeal to authority card. I'm going to trust the Broncos special teams coaches and uh, Sean Payton and Westoff and all those guys to bring in and figure out the special teams kicker spot because a, again, not an expert in that by any means and B they've have a pretty damn good track record uh, yeah. for special teams in general. It's much easier for me to talk about, you know, the coverage units and the athletes and that kind of thing versus what goes into a good kickoff or uh, kick or punt from the actual kicker or punter. But I trust them to get it right. And it might not be a year one right thing, but Broncos are not emphasizing the dollar on that. And uh, hopefully they can get similar to last season for, you know, 20% of the price, or if not even better for cheaper as well, because McManus was getting paid pretty darn well to not be very good. Uh, we also got Lawrence Rivera saying, let's get Donald De La, he- De La Hoya and YouTube. Mark my words. Uh, we will be missing McManus if we don't get him. Check him out. Is he the trick shot guy on YouTube yeah. that uh, got like kicked out of college or something where 
NIL money. I don't remember exactly what it is. I'll tell you what, NFL teams are so competitive. If he was a really great kicker and they wanted to, uh, and he has he ever had a chance at another team as well? I mean, I don't know. It's a different kind of game, but I've, I would assume that if he was what Lawrence is making him out to be, he would at least get a training camp invite uh, to see what he can do. Yeah, I was trying to think. Um, Marquette King, that's the punter I was thinking of. I know a lot of people have been like, oh my gosh, the Broncos should have never cut that guy. He's got such a great leg. But there's a reason like no other NFL team has went out and signed him after the Broncos cut him. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's a locker room problem. And from what I've seen of some of the videos of, of that guy, like he's, he's got a mouth on him. He mm-hmm. wants to like go challenge people and make all these, you know, big YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff, which is great. But you got to understand if you're going to have that big personality, most NFL teams are going to just sit there and say, probably not going to happen. Yeah. Lace is out, Dan. Todd asking about Ray Finkel available. <laughs> I <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> uh, David Schlosser coming in here saying good evening, gents. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Has It's been a bit. Um, so I hope life is going well and you're uh, staying healthy. And we also definitely wanted to say hello to Patrick coming in saying happy B-Day Bronco mom. And also Tuesday, once again, proves to be impressive. Yeah, a lot of stuff goes down on Tuesdays in Broncos country. It's a good day to talk a little ball and hang out with you guys. And shout out to Patrick. He sent me a very impressive uh, care package of coffee from Lion Coffee Company. Uh, I'm going to be set up for a bit. So God bless you, man. It's, uh, what a uh, what a subscription uh, that yeah. has turned out to be. And we really appreciate the support. You really do keep the morning shows going <laughs> because <laughs> I can't imagine doing it without coffee. I had somebody walk into the church the other day and I made a pot of coffee from some of my, the coffee that he had sent me. And they said, Hey, um, can I have a cup of that? That smells amazing. And so I had to share my coffee, uh, which I don't like to do sometimes, but so yeah, you're the, I, I recommend that coffee to anybody and everybody. Um, definitely gets me going for the day. Like I said, morning shows, everything. So thank you very much for all that. Yeah, I mean, you're in the house of the Lord, right? So you had to give it and you had to be sharing. If that was in the house, I'd be like, take a hike, buddy. Uh, no way. Uh, but so overall, uh, the Broncos make some moves today. Uh, what was your favorite move to move made today overall? Like, was it the McManus one? Are you excited to move on from the kicker thing and the hope for Springs Eternal? Or is it as simple as the uh, bringing in Cam Fleming to solidify the offensive line? It's Lancaster. No, <laughs> it's got to be Fleming for me. Just because we don't know what the Broncos are going to do at the kicker position. Mm-hmm. You know, Fleming, he, he's a known commodity for this team. We know that this guy can bring very competent to a very above competent level offensive tackle play for the Broncos. And like I said, he can play both positions. He's shown it in the NFL and maybe he could be that guy that plays right guard as, as EJ uh, points to as we'll get to his super chat here in just a sec. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's got to be that move for me. I, I feel so much better about the offensive line today than I did yesterday. Like I said, we've been talking about this a lot on all these different shows going, oh man, if one of these guys goes down, we are in trouble. And it's not a matter if, what one of them is going to go down. Mm-hmm. And so now at least you've got two positions secured, maybe four. I don't think, he, I, w- I wouldn't put him at center, but maybe you've even got four positions secured that he could be that sixth guy to come in and you feel pretty good about him. Yeah. I definitely agree with you there. I am curious about Tyler Lancaster. I do remember the name. I don't remember watching too much um, Packer football. I know that he came in and was a nose tackle and could kind of do some stuff to free up. Oh, God, who's their phenomenal defensive tackle? Uh, Kenny Clark. 
out there. So he'd come in and do some things and do the dirty work to help free up Kenny Clark. And just another guy in there that can, I mean, the snaps speak for themselves. He's still relatively young and Purcell has been injured and is relatively expensive too. I think, what is he? 4.5 million this year, 3.5 million this year. If you can, you know, pay Lancaster 1.5 and get a similar ability, uh, then that would be, a move that you have to consider. I mean, it is pen, penny bleh, penny pinching uh, to an extent with those millions that that far down the cap, but it can it can add up, and it could be another running back you bring in, or another offensive lineman, or heck, even the kicker that you end up paying as well. So, I really I'm really excited about both these additions on the offensive line and defensive line. I'm a little bit surprised that with Lancaster, he projects more as a pure nose tackle, and. I am more concerned about the three eye kind of the under tackle uh, opposite of DJ Jones, where you currently have Jonathan Harris and Awazarike lined up and just question marks there versus Tyler Lancaster. But again, another body on there that can uh, help move the needle a little bit. And like I said earlier, raise the floor. So let's say hello to some more people coming in here. Still EJ with the, uh, the big $20 comment, uh, probably going to be one of the last ones here as we start to wrap up this show with the, uh, the off season content saying, uh, Ben Powers, Quinn Miners, Cam Fleming, and Mike McGlinchey. Yes, please. That's a whole lot of mass there, Carl. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about this unit here? Is he lynching? Uh, is he listing them in order of his favorites? What's going on? I don't know. I mean, like we talked about, well, like we talked about earlier, maybe Miners moved over to center. You get your mm-hmm. five best guys out there, whoever they are, and and try to figure out how to make them work. And like I said, it's a lot of mass for the Broncos. They want to be a running team this season. Those guys can move bodies and it it can just really open up this offense, how you want to play it and really play to the strengths of Russell Wilson. So yeah, I I do. I like the the moves the Broncos have made on the offensive line. I think they overpaid McGlinchey, but still he's better than a lot of things you've had at the right tackle position for a while here. And powers probably, I, I said earlier, Cameron Fleming was one of my favorite signings this off season already. Ben Powers is another one that's up there for me. I think he's a very solid guy, both run and pass protection. I think he works well, especially in a run-heavy offense, because that's what he played with in the Ravens. So I I do. Like I said, I love that signing. And Miners, if he can stay healthy, I think he can be a very plus player for the Broncos on the offensive line. And this is probably the best I've felt about the five-person unit across the offensive line. Now, again, if Lloyd Cushenberry is starting, it's going to be the weakness. But the other four, I feel really good about compared to years past. I used to be such a Garrett Bowles uh, protector, saying that he's not as bad as people make it out, especially when he's on his rookie contract. I'm like, he's a league average guy. But now he's getting paid, and he's you know around league average, if not slightly worse last season. So I don't know if I feel totally great about Garrett Bowles uh, right now there at left tackle. But uh, I did want to ask you, Cam Fleming coming in, Mike Kliss mentions, uh, you know, Mike McGlinchey with his contract being picked by this staff, very solidified at uh, that right tackle spot. Garrett Bowles is coming off injury. <laughs> That's pretty much what Mike, uh, uh, Mike Cliss said in his tweet. Any thoughts about Garrett Bowles's injury potentially being an issue here, or is it just con- continued depth uh, for the Broncos with this signing of Cam Fleming? I think it's both. I think you needed some kind of backup plan in case Garrett Bowles again, has another injury has struggles because he has been very up and down in his career. You know, he goes from, Second team all pro. So like I said, this last year, average to below average. And so it just, it's kind of so much up and down. And, and I understand like he's one of those guys, he needs a great coach working with him 
to really maximize his talent. Now, I do think the Broncos have a better show showing at the head or at the offensive line coach and situation that they have right now. And I think they've got a better scheme set up. So I think it'll be a lot less confusing for him and all those kind of things. But still, like you can't have a guy that's going up and down, up and down that you just don't know what you're going to get, even from a game to game perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a couple games a year where you're just like, what are you doing out there? Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them, like he usually looks pretty darn solid, but it's just those couple games you're going, man. We needed more from you. You, you might have been one of the top three players that cost us this game, kind of thing. And uh, all right, we got Phil coming in. Oh, no, we first, got Michael first coming Michael, in. I actually yeah. clicked that one first. Yep. No, you're good. We got Michael coming back in saying, "Great show tonight, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham." Michael, always good to see you in here. Uh, I just appreciate how much you've been such a supporter of all the shows. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we got thank it. you so much, Michael. And also, I wanted to get this trivia question from Phil saying, uh, who did the Broncos receiver to have three 100-catch seasons? Only Broncos receiver to have three 100-catch seasons. Now, because this was asked, I feel like it's a trick question. So I'm trying to think, okay, the passing era has come about in the last 15 years, really, with a high, higher volume of passes. Who's somebody that didn't have a lot of other talent around him? It's, I feel like it's a trick question. Like my gut would be like, oh, of course, Demarius Thomas or Rod Smith. Ah, they had other guys there as well. Brandon Marshall. I'm going to say Brandon Marshall. That's exactly who I was getting for. You're going to have to let us know, Phil. I, I, just I still feel like he, it's Rod Smith. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Brandon Marshall. He had that like 22 catch game with the Colts. I mean, he was a target monster for the Broncos in those years. So I'm going to go with Brandon Marshall. You have to let us know. Um, I'm not sure though. I did not, uh, probably just look up, I don't know, catches by career. And then you have to click on each of them individually. I don't know. Uh, Kenny <laughs> Abietta coming in here, $5 uh, saying, good evening, fellas. What do you guys think about the Broncos bringing in Brett Maher? Sorry for just coming in. Don't be sorry. We appreciate that. You're announcing your presence with a bang with the $5 supers uh, saying, uh, what do we think about Brett Maher? Talked about it earlier, but we're excited for him to come in and get a tryout, get some kicks in tomorrow. And hopefully he comes away with a relatively cheap contract, fixes those yips and the Broncos have gotten younger reset the position and somebody that um, West off and this Broncos special team staff uh, hand selected. Even if they sign him, would you want them to bring in competition for training camp with him? Or would you just say you're our guy? I'd probably you'd still want somebody in there to come in and take reps. I'm sure. So give him a contract that uh, you could still move on from him. If the other guy you bring in beats him out or he still has the yips. Uh, but I would not, <laughs> just too concerned right, with what he is uh, based on last season's end of end of season performance to be all in on him with contractually and roster uh, setup perspective. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. You know, again, during the regular season, probably a top five field goal kicking kicker doesn't have the, the biggest leg by any means, but I mean, still made 61 yard or so that's plenty of leg. Yeah. I don't think you'd be attempting too many beyond that, that range anyway. Um, but Again, you, you've got to bring in some competition. He's going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Coming off that performance, I mean, of course, everybody remembers what you did last. And what he did last was horrible. And so, yeah, I don't think he'll cost much. I don't think he'll have a whole lot of guaranteed money by any means. Bring in somebody young to compete with him and at least push him a little bit. You know, yeah. you got you to put him in some pressure situations to see how he handles it. You know, I'm hoping at the end of practice they say, okay, we're either going to run 10 laps or – Brett Maher is going to make this kick and like the whole team staring him down. Like that's what you need to do to this guy just to really test to see, is he ready for those big moments when you need him? Yeah. Be interesting. And also this comment from chase, be curious how he did it um, outside and not in a dome. 
Well, he did play in the NFC East, so at least we knew he was playing, you know, Philly, New York, or New Jersey, Washington. Those are some pretty, uh, they can be pretty wet and muddy out there, especially in, you know, October, November, December. So I would be curious in the splits as well. Uh, and don't say it doesn't matter. It does matter. But uh, those are some things that you, you pay an analyst uh, to get some of that data. We also got David McElrath coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, Deacon, Scott, MHH for life, Buckham, and Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much, David. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, also, Phil comes in and say it was Brandon Marshall. So uh, not to pat myself too hard on the back. I was just trying to think he's asking this. It's got to be a trick question. Who would still make sense? Brandon Marshall made sense. So, uh, yeah. all right. Well, my first guess, though, would have been Rod Smith. Right. So, I, I was I was going back and forth between those two, because like you said, Brandon Marshall had a lot of volume come his way because the Broncos just didn't have a whole lot else beyond him. And he was one of those receivers. He just. I think he kind of put pressure on the quarterbacks because he was a star. They were not. And pretty much tell him like, you're going to throw it to me. And he had that. What was it like 15 or 18 catch game? I thought he had a 22 catch game against or, the Colts. Yeah. It was, it was it just was like ridiculous. the all time record. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just reading what Scott had to say about interesting Mars stats. I'm not sure what the splits are, um, but uh, we will see. Uh, how it breaks down. We'll see if he gets signed uh, tomorrow as well. It'll be fun to see. He's still relatively young. Um, Scott's pulling it up. He was 16 of 17 in a dome last season. And he was also 31 for 41 outdoors. So Ooh. a lot more outdoor kicks. Missed 10 outdoors. Could matter uh, for the Broncos. Maybe maybe doesn't matter so much. It's still a relatively small sample size. But missing that many outdoors is not great. So we'll get a chance to see him tomorrow. Uh, 75% versus 84%. So, excuse me, 94%. So, correcting on that one. So, we'll see. Um that's a obviously missed a lot more outdoors, but that's going to be true for all kickers. The next thing then would be to see the averages for starting kickers across the league and what the variance is there. Not just obviously he's going to be worse outdoors, but like where does that compare to league norms for the positions? But not to get too uh nerdy and epidemiology stats uh in here. But Carl, we're at 46 minutes. Any final thoughts? Uh, Broncos release Brandon McManus, end of an era, last player on that Super Bowl 50 roster. They bring back Cam Fleming for a one-year deal worth up to $4 million. So there's some escalators in there. And uh, signed Tyler Lancaster, a uh, defensive tackle that played most of his career in Green Bay at the nose tackles, starting a lot of games from 2018 to 2021. Uh, big moves today for this yeah, time of year. For sure. But every one of them makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I said, McManus was not living up to his contract these last couple of years and has been a very boisterous person against coaching staffs. You know, you don't usually like to anger the person that holds your, your place and your job's responsibility in their hands. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of who he's been. Now, he's been able to get away with it because he's been very talented. But again, his numbers have dropped off. So it makes a lot of sense for the Broncos. Um, Fleming, love the signing. Absolutely love it. Lancaster makes a lot of sense. Get more competition for that defensive line. You need bodies just for camp anyway. And you're going to push a couple guys like Purcell to, to really see, can you live up to your contract? So I just, I like the competition that they've decided to bring in for a lot of these positions. And you might see a few, a few of these veterans actually get the boot where they get beat out by some of these younger guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, certainly possible bring in this competition. Everybody's got to fight for spots. So it will be a lot of fun to follow and some more guys here that uh, 
you know, makes those second units more intriguing to watch for OTAs, training camp, preseason, et cetera, et cetera. And we're football crazy people. So uh, the more quality football we can watch through all uh, the Broncos units and lines, the better. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Uh, a lot of fun today. Good to have some Broncos news coming in. Uh, make sure you guys are following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dunmore MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at uh, BTB underscore pod. That's not up there, but it's BTB or BFB. It's way too confusing. That one letter <laughs> BTB building the Broncos uh, on Twitter, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com uh, forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you haven't done so yet, find us on Apple podcasts and Spotify. It's huddle up podcast, mile high huddle, scroll down, leave us a five-star review and uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. Also, as the ticker says underneath here, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle, like this show, and share it on your social media platforms. A lot of fun today. Uh, thanks to everybody who came in and supported us on the show. We had EJ come in, uh, Kenny Al- Abietta come in, of course, as well. We had uh, Michael Ronquillo, who could we for- how could we forget him? Troy Bauer in the house, Skyler Maples come in, Gary Palmer, and uh, Lawrence Rivera also, I believe. I- don't know if I'm missing anybody. If I am, I apologize. Uh, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much. Good to see Patrick in here as well. Shout out again to Patrick for the uh, the coffee, um, helping us hook us up. It's going to be greatly appreciated on backpacking trips coming up here. And uh, yeah, I think we got, and Phil McLaughlin, of course, as well with the uh, the great trivia question. You guys are great. Uh, Carl, any final thoughts before we wrap it on up? No, just uh, like I said, excited to get to, to training camp here. And I guess we're, we're still two months away. Mm-hmm. I hate that it's two months away, but it's still getting, it's getting exciting to see how things are going to play out. Heard a lot of good things from those that have seen a little bit of the OTAs so far um, that they're really liking how practice is running compared to the last couple coaching staffs. I mean, you can see Sean Payton knows what he's doing with that. And uh, you know, obviously having a pretty veteran coaching staff um, I, I think we're going to see things move much more smoothly compared to the last few years. So like I said, a couple months away, but uh, we'll have lots of Broncos news as we get up, get ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. A lot of fun today. Uh, Todd asked Nick, what's your favorite beer? The next one. Ah, no, was, uh, <laughs> I love a good hazy IPA. Uh, really? I guess I'll give a shout out to pseudo Sue from top and Goliath in Iowa. Do miss them uh, out here, but uh, cold and free. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your day. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope you had a good one. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.